What is good, everybody? Welcome to the John Cat Show, episode 48. Uh, we're doing something a little different today, being joined on Zoom here by a couple of special guests. We got uh, Mickey Blowtorch there in the uh, Santa Beard, for those of y'all watching, in the Santa Beard and the Navy hat. And then uh, we got our man, Ordy Packard, on here as well, gracing us with his presence. And uh, we got a fun episode for you guys, a lot of, a lot of fun, interesting topics that we can get into here. And uh, as you can see, we are protecting the innocent with the visuals. So uh, just to get to know you all a little bit, like I said, Mickey Blowtorch, he's been a, a homie of mine on Twitter for quite some time now. And I was on his pod, I think, like a year ago, the Dude Bro Show. You, I think you've been on twice, actually. Uh, did I do two? I think we did, like two years ago and then a year ago, maybe. And his main pod is uh, He Said, She Said, which is on KLRN Radio. And uh, Ordy here also has several podcasts on KLR and Radio, uh, Juxtaposition, Cyber Chill, Culture Shift, etc. Thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Man, thanks for having me. We've been talking about this. Mickey's been trying to get me to uh, get this happening for a while now, so I'm like, I'm totally soaked for it. Yeah, I, we were just talking before the show. Mickey and I text like once a week saying, "Let's do a pod," and he's always like, "We got to get on with Ordy too." He's uh he's got some really great stuff. So yeah, we've been we've been looking forward to this one for a while. But as procrastinators go, that's how it is. Tell us a little bit for anyone listening that doesn't know you guys. Uh give us a little background on yourselves. What uh where are you from? What makes you tick? All that good stuff. Well, I am uh the Mickey Blowtorch, a quasi internet personality slash uh podcast host, co host. I uh, co-host uh, He Said, She Said with Aggie Rican uh, every Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on KLRNRadio.com. For those of you who have never tuned in, it's pretty cool. Uh, just kind of like a, an update. I am currently on sabbatical from the show due to uh, some professional obligations, but I am anticipating a full turn about the fall, early fall, I'm thinking. But I want to get back. Mickey's got such a great radio voice. The first time I heard him, I was like, man, I sound like such an amateur. Mickey sounds like the kind of guy I'd be listening to riding around in the car like 20 years ago. Professional DJ, uh, for sure. You're going to make me blush under my Santa beard, dude. Mickey's joining us from the uh, the beach somewhere. Tropical island. And how about you, Ordy? Where are you from? I, I'm trapped out in the, uh, currently trapped out in the People's Republic of California, and mm. uh, which is, you know, a bad place to be Amish at. And... <laughs> Uh, like Mickey, I'm also on KLRN Radio. I started out right around Gamergate time with uh, as a guest on uh, Fubar uh, with a um, Politibunny from Twitter, and that just kind of opened up a whole can of worms. Where I started just doing podcasts like it was heroin. Are, wait, are you actually Amish? No, okay. <laughs> no, that's I was gonna say. I, yeah, after I got doxxed, I changed my persona, and that, and I'm probably one of the most suspended people on Twitter. So I kind of changed my persona after getting doxxed from a different uh, anonymous persona. And this one really stuck. There's a lot of jokes built in with being Amish that you just get to run with. Taking people's moms behind the Circle K <laughs> just kind of completes the whole visual. No, I can't believe I asked if you were actually Amish. That was pretty stupid. Although I know nothing about Amish people, so I have no idea. What part of Cali are you in? Uh, I'm on the uh, east side along the Nevada border in the Sierras. Okay, not not yeah. bad. The wave of crazy crests against the Sierras, and we just get a little foam over the top. Your shows, you get get into uh, a lot of supernatural type stuff. 
on juxtaposition we do in fact i've had uh mickey on jux and we even did an impromptu jux once on uh dude bro show and um but yeah we do uh, a lot of uh, paranormal and stuff on juxtaposition the other shows it's like culture shift is uh I'm with the uh, entertainment writer, Brad Slager, and we just take our skeptical eye of the entertainment industry. You're not like who's married who, but you know, like, can you believe Warner Brothers is doing this to the DC universe and things like that? I I want to interject here real quick. You just said the entertainment writer, Brad Schlager with the same same energy as the virgin Connie Swell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's Brad with the nice hair. The entertainment writer, Brad Schlager. Yeah, he just got uh, he just got uh, verified. So now I have to give him the uh, he's kind of one of the first homies that that went out and got verified. Right, and it's so weird that he's verified, but Flitter Bunny isn't verified yeah. on on what platform? Uh, Twitter. Oh, okay. It's hard. Yeah. I I was you know it's funny the blue check has such a douchey connotation to it now, but I was looking into doing it. You got to have like articles written about you and stuff. You can't just be like, hey, I'm a podcaster. It's like uh, you need professional references. Well, it's like a mutual friend of Mickey and mine. Uh, we, uh, PolitiBuddy, she's been trying for years. She writes for Twitchy. And she's a senior editor at Twitchy and she can't get verified. That's she's weird. got like 100,000 followers and can't get the blue check. But yeah, it is definitely convey douchiness. I'll have to create some alter ego personalities and uh, write articles about myself i don't know i'm torn i feel like i feel like if you have a blue check without enough followers it looks fucking douchey like i see people with like 1200 followers in a blue check yeah that's weird it makes my dick feel huge when that happens because i uh we, you and i are neck and neck like sixteen thousand, i think so when i see a blue checker out there like around four four k yeah i just i project that into my penis and make it larger it's funny though, if a blue check follows you, you always follow back, right? I don't. I you know, the no? one I regret the most was uh Eddie Money followed me one day. Oh wow. And I'm like, you know, it's probably not Eddie Money, it's probably like some office intern or some shit that he's hired up to run his social media. And so I didn't follow him, and so he unfollowed me and then he died. <laughs> wow. That's why. And now it's your fault. Now you can never uh get it back. I could never get it back. I'll I'll tell that story on my grave. The conversation just of even talking about followers feels douchey. I hate even doing it. It is. But, you know, I did the douchiest thing last week, and I have no regrets. What's that? I looked up the population of towns in Texas that are underneath the amount of followers that I have. There's some big ones out there. (laughs) I tweeted something about RG3, the Redskins quarterback. I know. Uh, I said he had the best rookie season in NFL history or something like that the other day, and he liked it. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. So then I DM'd him like an asshole and was like, <laughs> hey, man, if you'd ever want to come on the pod for like five minutes, <laughs> that'd be cool. And then he blocked me from DMing him anymore. Uh, what a douche. Ghosting you. Then I deleted the original tweet praising him for having the best rookie season. They're like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. I'm right, like, what an asshole. You just went from being my hero. At least you shot your shot, man. What um, to lose. Yeah, I figured exactly. What the hell? What if he was like, yeah, I'll hop on. Like, and I got to talk to RG3 for 10 minutes. That'd be amazing. Fuck yeah. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> <laughs> you sure on that quote? <laughs> uh, you, it's on the internet, so it has to be true, right? 
What um what's what's new in the supernatural in the paranormal world over there? What are you what have you been talking about lately on the pod there that uh, most people aren't aware of? Well, the one we were going to do tonight, uh, we were going to do uh, Plum Island tonight with um not really a bioweapons um testing center, but it's the U.S. Army kind of like infectious diseases for animals, and it's believed that that's where Lyme disease escaped from, and that's like uh. The government never talks about Lyme disease. So right. that's we were going to cover that tonight. Lyme disease is one of those weird, creepy ones that um, I was just talking the other day about Lyme disease. Isn't it really hard to even diagnose if you have it? Isn't it one of those things people always think they have other conditions because there's no real definitive test for the yeah. Lyme disease? Or am I confused? No, you're yeah, you're right on. Is I, I have a I have a friend, Twitter friend that has it, and I mean she was diagnosed with lupus and any every other thing before she finally found like some doctor who will go, oh no, that's totally Lyme disease. Literally, the combo I was having was about Lyme disease and lupus because they're both one of those things where it's like when doctors run out of other shit to diagnose you with, they just go, well, you have the indicators of these specific things, but they can't really tell you definitively that you have those. I I just you have ghosts in your blood. Yeah, yeah. Your your humors are out of balance. <laughs> You've got the vapor, sir. No, really. It's it's. There's one of those things. I've known people that with lupus, and I'm like, do you really have lupus, or you know, are you just depressed? It's 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 a weird one. Or do you have a vitamin deficiency? Yeah, it's like uh, fibro was one of those for a while too. Yeah, yeah. I, I had yeah. It's I mean you know. I had this one friend, she was completely convinced she had fibro and you know, everyone's like, no, you just, you know, you, you need more potassium or some shit. But fibromyalgia, it's, yeah. they're, they're all, our physical stuff really is so heavily tied into our mental condition and you can't find somebody with fibromyalgia or lupus. There's another one uh, where everything hurts that, that you can't find people with those that don't also suffer from well, depression and anxiety. Arthritis. What's that? Thinking of rheumatoid arthritis? No, that I think you get like legit deformities in your fingers and wrists and stuff. But um, a lot of those only seem to coincide with mental and emotional distress. You know what I mean? You you don't find people that have those that aren't that don't have depression and anxiety issues too. And it's sometimes like which came first, right? No, that's a fair cop. That that really is. That's uh. Yeah, because everybody I know who has them has other shit going on too, like just a mountain of weight dropping on them at all times. Yeah, no, and you, gout. Gout's been coming up a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't run into like a happy, healthy person who's like, "Hey, yeah, I just happen to also have lupus or scurvy." Right. Or yeah, <laughs> scurvy. That you know what? God bless the British Navy for was, gin and tonics. I would say leave it to the naval guy to bring up scurvy. For those of y'all, uh, Mickey, you were in the Navy. Yeah, how how many years did you serve? Uh, just a little under seven. Wow, that's legit. How old were you when you went in? Shit, I, I actually enlisted when I was 17. I had to get my mom to sign a waiver for me. And uh, as soon as I graduated high school, like a week later, I was in boot camp. So you went right in at 18 and then got out at 25? Yep, I was 25 when I got out. And uh, I'd have about 23 years if I would have stayed, I guess. Were you going to make a career out of it? Yeah, I was, I was going to make a career out of it. But I ended up in a kind of a fucked up division. It was it was full of um, a lot of females in this division, and it was a deployable billet. So all of us at any mo given notice, we had to keep a backpack because we could be deploying tomorrow, a week, a month, you know, whatever. 
And so all of the females there got pregnant, like all at once, making them uh, disqualified for, for deployment status, right? So all the dudes there were having to do like back-to-back deployments. I had friends there that I hadn't seen in like over a year because we kept missing each other on deployments. So like I just got burnt out and I was they uh I got back from a deployment. They called me up and they wanted me to go on another deployment like almost immediately. And I said, nah, I don't think so. I'm going to put in my paperwork and roll the dice. Where were they sending you if you're allowed to say? Oh, they were going to send me on a like some shitty ass ship too. Like like the one of the nasty ships in the fleet. It wasn't going to be a fun deployment. You know, no no exotic stuff. Uh, I was in a career field where you could get some pretty interesting details and stuff like that. Where had uh, you been before that? I'd been all over the Middle East, all of the the main areas. Never went to Afghanistan. All my stuff was mostly uh, Northern Arabian Gulf, things like that. That alone's probably worth it, right? Just having gotten to see the world and oh yeah, dude. I, I I had a a big old vacation. You know, I I got to see Europe. I got to see uh, Croatia. You know. The Mediterranean, the Adriatic, the Indian Ocean, so many different things. And and then I got to live at sea, too. So that was pretty cool. It's a trip, dude. Literally. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, it's I'm funny you mentioned the deployment, you know, how you know, like everybody would be, you know, all the females would be getting pregnant around the same time. That's like cocktail waitresses in Vegas, too. I worked at a lot of casinos in Vegas. They'd all get pregnant or new tits at the same time. <laughs> was it did they do it on purpose to get out of the deployments? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if like one gets pregnant and everybody gets baby fever because you see that happen at things like baby showers or, or girlfriends that have girlfriends that are pregnant, you know, they start getting that itch. So I would think that maybe working in close proximity to other females that are pregnant, I could see it kind of passing on like a little pregnancy plague. Yeah. Like syncing up their, uh, their menstruals. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, of course, of course there are the, probably the oddballs i don't know actually I, I don't know how what the percentage would be but i would like to assume that it's not that big but uh of gals doing it on purpose yeah we i wouldn't think so i mean they they that. enlisted voluntarily in the first place because they wanted to be so it'd be weird unless i guess some people probably get in and maybe it's not what they thought it was yeah you get a lot of that uh, you know a whole lot of that and i think that uh once you realize that being at shore is about to come to an end and you're going to be basically locked up in this floating prison. I can see how people would not want to be a part of that. What kind of ship were you on? I was on a couple different ones. I uh, I deployed on a guided missile cruiser. That was pretty cool. I uh, My most favorite one was this little civilian ship, though, that we used to use for uh, kind of training uh, operations. And so I would go on a uh, on a detachment on the ship doing the stuff that I used to do. And... Uh, it was really cool. We all had our own bedrooms, staterooms on the ship. Oh, wow. And we had a country club chef that just made the most delicious food, dude. We were eating like like filet mignon, uh, prime rib, twice baked potatoes. It was just, it, I was spoiled out there. I, lo- I used to go fishing off the fantail at night, catching mahi-mahi. Oh, you know, I just really made the best of it and lived it up. Yeah, I, I feel like I know almost nothing of the, but I feel like you see that on all the shows and movies. There's always the one guy that can just cook it up. It's big yeah. in, in military settings, right? To have the guy that yep. can feed and firehouses and all the guy that can feed everybody. Those guys end up being pretty popular. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. What uh, what's what what's going on, guys? What's new in the world? What do we got? Any uh, 
and we talk a lot about alien shit. What is going on in the paranormal? That you know, that's kind of the common denominator between the three of us. Sure, brought us all together. Uh, I'm I'm really huge into fringe and paranormal uh, topics. That's that's how you and I started bonding on a show, and actually, um, all all three of us. Uh, that's how I got on Ordy's show talking about that stuff. And then John and I had talked um, about doing a show, but we really didn't know what we were going to do. And then it turned out that you had a hidden affinity for it too. So that's definitely yeah. my favorite topic. And one of my most favorite things to do, just geek out and, and go down those rabbit holes. I, uh, I did a show recently on like weird coincidences and synchronicities, and I won't repeat them here, but that's something you and I have talked about specifically too. And, uh, you know, I just thought of like the top five uh, throughout my life or recently. So I talked about those. There's a lot of that going on. You know what's weird, actually? I was just thinking about recently. This is a hard one to articulate. Let me know if you guys have ever had this feeling where it's not uh, it's not deja vu. You know when I get it? After I watch, like if I, let's say I binge watch a, a show, right? Uh-huh. Let's say I, I watch like, you know, a one weekend, like eight, ten episodes of a show. I start to walk around with this weird feeling of like, everything's preordained in a way like everything i'm doing if i pick up a cup or put it down it's like i'm seeing it kind of happen before it happens or it just feels like a truman show kind of thing where you feel like it's you're you're all scripted yes that's a that's a great way to describe it i feel like i'm just kind of following a script and i already know what's happening a few seconds ahead of time and uh i don't know maybe it's from from smoking and and but I I get it after watching something for a long time I think it kind of takes me out of my base of reality. It's a hard one to explain. Do you think that maybe binge watching a show and paying attention to all of the uh, the foreshadowing that you see because you know w- when you make a show uh, foreshadowing is real important part of telling the story. So they, they, they really amplify all of that. Do you think that maybe your mind gets into like a, a pattern of that? And when you're not watching the show, your mind is foreshadowing your next moves? Yeah, I mean, as you were saying that, you know what it could be too? It's like you spend so much time distracted by all these things that are going on in your life, I think. Phil. So in a way, it's like, I guess, watching a show, you're getting so outside of your own life. And you're living through these other characters, maybe. And so then when you're back in reality, all those filters are kind of removed because you're not distracted by all all the bullshit you were thinking about before the show. I don't know. But, you know, I can kind of track with that one because that's like, okay, so talking about the show. So you're you're binging the show where everything has got a linear arc and it is designed to do that. So and, you know, like Mickey was talking about with the filters, once you get to remove all that, you can see your own arc. For a moment, I, I'm with you on that one. You know, and like Mickey and I have been talking about glitches in the Matrix a bit lately too, and that tracks with that. You know, it's like you're scripted, and then here's these glitches in the Matrix going on yeah, around you too. Sure. I'm big on the glitches. Some stuff is just too weird. I'll give you actually one that happened the other day. I was having a conversation for the first time in my life with somebody about the fact that bathroom doors in public bathrooms in the United States have slits you know where you can see in and out and that in other countries they're solid it's more private so you're saying why is it like that here you know shouldn't you have more privacy why can people see in and out i was like yeah it's probably they don't want people fucking in there and homeless and everything else because that's how we are but i never thought about it before 
And then the next day on Twitter, one of my oldest followers, someone who I interact with all the time, a woman from Russia, shout out Olga. Olga said, randomly, why do United States bathrooms have slits in the doors? This was within 24 hours of me having that combo for the first time in my life. And I thought, you know what? It's more believable to me that it's not a coincidence, right? Because here's someone who I interact with all the time. I'm having a conversation about this topic. It makes more sense to me that it would just kind of bleed over into her ether where the thought popped into her head too. Or it could just be pure coincidence and I'm, you know, talking like a stoner. What do y'all think? This is a topic that I'm becoming obsessed with because it's, to me, it's becomes more and more intense. Uh, you know, the coincidences used to be pretty small, right? Just little things you're like, huh, that's funny. You know, that's, that's odd. To the point where they're just so huge. You start to get a little paranoid about, you know, uh, the, the impact of them, I think. Uh, and I'm just starting to ramble, stoner ramble there. But, it, you know, the, the more intense and, and big and, and larger that they get than from like trivial shit, I think it starts to, to become the elephant in the room. That is becoming statico too, where it's happening like repeatedly, um, like you can notice it, and then people are sharing them too. Everyone's start, it, everyone's becoming very aware of those things. Kind of like how when the Mandela effect really took off a few years ago, everybody started to become really aware of it too. And and we all started joking back, you know, in 2015 on Twitter about you know it's like you know this is the worst timeline ever. You you need to kind of like have a Mandela effect collective consciousness to be able to make and understand that joke sure yeah i i don't think it's coincidence that a lot of that stuff but i also i don't think it you have to even go as weird as like we're in some sort of matrix type simulation theory or anything like that you know i had a um i interviewed an author on here uh, a couple weeks ago bobby azarian who wrote a book called the romance of reality and it's all about how reality itself that our consciousness itself is waking up the universe that we're not just some accidental thing that that occurred in some chaotic disorder that we actually are meant to be here as part of the evolution of not just the planet but of the universe and i've I've always felt that kind of weird connection with things and i think with technology you talk about coincidence being amplified so much i think tech allows them to be because before if it was 20 years ago we'd only be interacting with our personal circle of people, our family and friends in our town, you know, talking on the phone to a handful of people here and there, but we wouldn't be. So like the example I gave a minute ago with uh, Olga talking about that same thing, I wouldn't have even had an opportunity for that to happen. There was no Twitter or social media or anything. So I wouldn't have known what somebody was thinking who lives in California and so forth. But I think it's our consciousness itself. It's like reality is weird enough. We don't know the meaning of life. We don't know what we're here. We don't know what the universe is, right? You know, that 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 whole point right there, we don't know what the universe is. We don't know what any of this is. That just blows my mind. The simplicity of that statement in itself. That's the entire thing. It's all of it. We don't know what any of it is. We're just here. Reacting to it. Yeah, exactly. But to your point that you know, we're molding it too, now that we've reached this kind of like, I don't know, we'll call it an intellectual level where we've moved beyond just you know the baby steps of you banging rocks together where now we're affecting our will on the universe as well yeah i can i i can start to see that just in 
the collective weirdness of everything too. And Mickey and I were talking about it when we were talking about data internet theory about how you used to be able to just trip upon weirdness when you went by a MySpace page or something. You know, now you actually have to go out and look for it. But when you find it, it's like everybody in your internet circle, you know, we're not going to call it personal circle, but in your, they, they all like become aware of it at the same time too, you know, without you having to say anything. It's like Mickey, when you and I were talking about citrus. The orange or the yes program? <laughs> no, the, the, the orange. You know, when all of a sudden everybody around us was just craving citrus yeah. like mad. I mean, people, whether they had COVID or not, it was just like, God, I just can't get enough oranges right now. You know, it could, could that have been some kind of like a cue that we were going undergoing some kind of a patch? Yeah. I mean, see or some shit. No, you, know, it, it, you guys are really touching on it because to me, that's that's what I believe it is. Why would we think that we're going to remain the same unevolved species? Look at what we came from. Look at cavemen and Cro-Magnon man and all these ancient things. Of course, we're going to develop and have new abilities and interconnect in other ways. So people go, oh, that's crazy. You think that people are sharing their consciousness and picking up on each other's thoughts. It's like, Dude, we're hurling around the fucking sun right now, and you don't understand why, and we don't even know anything beyond that, and we just go, that's crazy talk. Like, the reality really is strange enough, but I I, I think that's really because the technology has allowed us to connect in such ways, I think it is opening up different neural pathways, because really, think about if we do survive as a species another million years. We've only been here a couple hundred thousand. So let's say we're around in a million years or a billion years. You're going to tell me we're not going to be reading each other's thoughts and emotions by then? So maybe it's just starting now and people are we're just starting to scratch the surface of something that we don't understand and that we probably won't for a very long time, maybe thousands of years from now. That goes with how you can like find so many like-minded people. I mean, not just politically like-minded or whatever, but you know, just your whole level of weirdness straight across the board they're so easy to stumble across online now you know it's like you just for a half second you're like holy shit this person gets me you know they get every simpsons reference every obscure joke i make and you just trip upon them in a weird thread yeah i mean the ability for humans to connect is increasing every day it's never been like this before i talk about what an advantage that is for kids if you're if especially if people always say oh tech rots their brain but you know, obviously you don't want your kid looking at porn all day or something like that. But if you were a weird kid in any town USA up until recently, you were just kind of stuck with your weird yeah. little existence. And you're, but now you can like, you can go online, you can find gaming communities and a million other things where you're going to connect with some like-minded kid who may live a thousand miles away. And now you're not alone anymore. You realize you have people you can get down with on all, on all this stuff. Those kids must have been so much more isolated before. Have we talked about this before? I think we might have. It sounds like it. It's something I rant about a lot. Yeah, I think I think we have. Either that or I'm just having the fucking... You just had a moment. Deja <laughs> no, move. I think we did. I get accused both ways on that. And, you know, I don't like being put in the fucking box, as you know. But, yeah, I get accused of having what's called juvenoia, which is where... People just think the next generation coming up is shittier, and everyone kind of does feel that way. Everyone's like, oh, the music was better in my day, and kids these days, yeah, I mean, you've heard that forever. I feel then, the same way. I can't that? stand these younger generations. Well, that's what everyone says, but then the flip side of it is, look how much better a lot of things really are. So I do try to 
try to be objective about everything. I'm not big on everything's this way or everything's that way. I think a lot of things are worse and a lot of things are better. I think overall, we have the ability to be way better. People are just kind of, as I pointed out recently, not being that cool anymore. People used to be way cooler, I'll say that. That's definitely true. You know, one thing I was thinking about the other day, too, is that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's cool that kids have, you know, kids today, they have this means of being able to connect with each other. Yeah, no, that's totally, but but the one thing that they don't have, and I was thinking this is really detrimental to society as a whole globally, is there's no more water cooler talk. You know, it's like there's no, there there isn't going to be another Leroy Jenkins moment where everybody knows what that means. You know, without it, they didn't even have to play wow. Once they had it explained, they, you know, they could project it into their own lifestyle or, you know, there's no, no more Seinfeld or anything like that for people to watch. It's just everybody's off doing their own little thing. And I think that goes to your why everybody's not being as cool anymore, because there's no collective cohesion. Yeah, I, things have become less significant. Right. So if you had that, if you had that Seinfeld finale, half the country was watching the fucking Seinfeld finale. Right. Or if yeah. you had a, a big new album come out, it's like. We all had to run and get that CD from there, and we'd be lined up to get the CD from the record store. And it's significant. You held it in your hand, it was a huge deal. Now you're downloading a thousand songs a day. So you, none of the songs are important because they're just grouped in with the rest of them. You might, oh, that's on my playlist. Oh, hey, that kind of that, that slaps. It's, it's hard because I, I do feel it both ways. I, I love that I can go on Spotify and discover. Almost every day, some new song I like that I didn't know because I'm always on there. I just let the algo run and it's smart and it knows what I like. And I go, that's really great. Like I'm hearing this amazing song I never would have heard. And I was listening to the same five albums over and over for a year back in the day. So I I see both. It feels less special, but it's, it's improved. The quality is better and there's more variety. On balance, are we better off or worse off for all that? And the same goes for movies and shows. And I can go on 10 different apps right now and watch any show ever made. Is that good? You know, um, I think I think it's cool in its own right that we have access to all of this unlimited shit, better quality. But I don't think in 15 years from now, I'm going to be looking back with any kind of nostalgia about it. But is that is that more to do with our age? Because I've said a million times, this is absolutely true. You take anybody, ask them what their favorite albums are, their favorite music. It's what they were listening to between age 12 and 22. Yeah, absolutely. Because during your adolescence, your formative years, nothing's going to ever feel as special to you. So maybe we won't look back on the current stuff with nostalgia, but I bet you a 15-year-old today will. I just can't see anybody looking back at Cardi B with nostalgia. (laughs) <laughs> I think I, just, I think but, if you're listen if you're a goofy 13 year old girl right now acting dumb with your friends to Cardi B when you're 35 and that Cardi B song comes on it's going to feel really special to you just okay, like listen fair. if I hear Criss Cross jump jump which is <laughs> stupid <laughs> I feel like I'm at a middle school dance again okay Right, but it's, yeah. it's not good music. But Dude, last a- Friday, I was at a party and Criss Cross came up in conversation. There we go. Really, case in point, man. I haven't mentioned Criss Cross in thirty years. It's weird that that was the first reference I thought of. I was like, "Who's a goofy song?" You know, Cindy Lauper. You know, that goofy shit and Goonies. That was yeah. You know, every you're right. It was everywhere. 
and you know Captain Lou Albano running around, but you, the tugs with the nostalgia. So okay, I'll give you that. Cindy Lauper's talented. I like her stuff, and yeah. it's so fucking weird you said that because literally yesterday I pulled up Cindy Lauper <laughs> Goonies, just the Goonies soundtrack. Which the name go. of that song is Goonie something that good enough. Yeah, that's what was in my head when I was making that reference too. I think yesterday or the day before I pulled that song up on Spotify intentionally for some reason. So we're just proving the case point right here now. Mickey, pull something random out of your ass and we'll see if that we've all had that experience in the last right, week. But, th- but think about Dennis Leary. Think about how many of those <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I do think asshole came up on my Spotify list not this couple weeks ago. All the all the examples seem to be based around technology to some extent. I think the technology is the vehicle that's allowing this expanded consciousness to happen. Hmm. Here here's here's the issue too and why the general public doesn't get on with this tip. One they have no you have nowhere to go with it. It's like when you sit there and go, "What is the universe?" right? Like you can't sit in awe all the time because you'll be. But then also, a lot of the smartest people are practical to a fault, and they never they never want to jump on this stuff. They just want to go. Are you fucking stupid? You Pretty believe high. in ghosts? Yes, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but it's it's the reason why I feel like like look at a guy making. I bring him up because you know who I'm talking. Look at like uh, Joe Silverman, MD, on Twitter, right? Okay. He's the last guy that would ever entertain this type of silly talk because, you know, he's a doctor, he's Mr. Mr. Practicality, right? Man of science, which I'm sorry, doctor is more art than science, but go on. I just think and it's going to take a good couple generations. I just think the type of people that are respected professionally and community, they're not having these types of comments. They might have been having them back at Woodstock, but they gave that up a long time ago. One of the things we talk about on Jux, the first episode before I joined Juxtaposition, Rick did a couple before, and his very first one was, uh, when did UFOs become mainstream and why didn't we get the memo? And he was referencing Tucker Carlson doing you know, like serious reporting about it's UFOs fair. on Fox News, you know, just straight off the gun. And you know, we moved in when I joined the show after doing just a special guest doing the Mandela Effect. And but yeah, I mean that's all of these things are starting to become more mainstream every day. Like like you mentioned, twenty years ago, talking about UFOs, you'd have to find some MIRC chat room or something. You might you know to find some other goofballs like you share the same stories about Kecksburg or something, and that's about it. That was the extent of it. That's a really fair point regarding Tucker and the alien thing, and a lot of other mainstream outlets picking that up too. Because you're right, you know, with the alien thing specifically, it was because you had these, you know, sober-minded career naval pilots and officers just telling you flat out, you know, they weren't saying, hey, we're being visited by aliens, but they were saying, hey, we were clearly picking up these unidentified flying objects on our radars, and they are not of, they do not appear to be of this physical world or any technology that we can even theorize about. There's this tic-tac off of Catalina performing maneuvers that we still can't pull off today, you know, And, and here's the gun camera footage of it. So enjoy. Yeah, it's one thing when a guy has his home movies out there with his pickup truck drinking beers and he's reporting it. But when you have these career naval uh, pilots and and naval intelligence, they really um, fake this out with that whole report they said they were coming out with. I mean, yeah, I was disappointed in that. That 
that was a bunch of uh blame ass bullshit really that was actually the whole reason why you me al and jeff were doing that klrn panel and rick that info was going to drop yeah. so we're all sitting there waiting for it and then that was the big ass nothing burger it was <laughs> no the, the pentagon report had nothing and why don't they just declassify it all i you know i think they really can't and, and i'll get to that in a second here i i think that we're seeing all of this mainstream stuff right now because the cat is going to be popping out of the bag soon and they're no longer going to be able to suppress it. So I think they're warming us up to the idea of what's going to happen. And I think we're seeing the mainstream part of it. Like, uh, here's a, here's a good case in point and correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't verified this at all, but I've heard in discussion that, uh, what is that Travis dude's name? The, the astrophysicist that's been on a bunch of, uh, uh, he's on like Skinwalker Ranch. He's been on Ancient Aliens. He's a blonde dude. He's an astrophysicist, and he's got a Texas accent. He's but he's like on all of these shows. I'll, I'll have to look his name up. But anyway, I've heard that he's basically heading up the program for unidentified aerial phenomenon for the Pentagon. And so, to me, Pentagon's not going to pick some high-profile person to be doing stuff like that, unless that high-profile person was already doing stuff like that. And they start interjecting him into mainstream media to kind of give us a familiarization, like kind of like how Bill Nye holds America's hand with climate change. And America just thinks he's a scientist from all of those years that we've been exposed to him on various TV shows doing science shit. Right. So all of a sudden he's a he's like a pseudo uh, uh, authority on it. But anyway, this guy, I, I think he's probably been involved with uh, the unidentified aerial phenomena program for quite some time. And I think that they're probably just putting him forward on all these media things because probably going to use him to kind of bridge some kind of informational transfer from them to us, you know, like, like if all of a sudden they announce, Hey, these things are real. They're here. Here is so-and-so who, you know, from all of these shows to come talk to you about it. You know, they've got their, their, their front person, but yeah, that's a uh, Travis Taylor. You're talking about yeah, Travis Taylor. I, I remember, okay, so George Knapp was the one who put him forward, and I remember George Knapp, he was the one who gave us um, Bob Lazar, too. So, George Knapp could be a fucking op, for all we know. And you know what? I, I actually think that he's he's the, um, what, what is it, the uh, the debriefing op. It's like, okay, we're pulling you out of the government world, we're going to make you a celebrity, and he's that bridge. Because, I mean, I mean, Bob Lazar, that was a huge deal back in the day. It was. And look at all of the stuff that Bob Lazar talked about. You know, some of it, I still throw bullshit flag on the field. The way he is is just so weird. I think he's he a weird. Dude. I don't know if he was necessarily there himself, but he was definitely like the 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 spokesperson who came out for it because he started talking about that, that element that didn't exist then. What was that like? Uh, something. Uh, they were joking, calling it unobtainium, you know, yeah, basing it off. Of, but yeah, it was it, it was some element that didn't exist until 10 years later when it did. When it did, exactly. So to me, that's kind of a smoking gun there, you know. Yeah. You, you think you think he was just the trickle of getting the info out slowly? Just like, okay, so we're going to have this guy who's weird. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, have him kind of like yeah. do the boiling frog thing. He kind of has an ambiguous background, like... He may or may not have, have worked uh, for the Department of Naval Intelligence, but he's got the credentials for it. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like maybe a, a disinformation type Oswald scenario. OK. Yeah. He was on Rogan with that filmmaker, Jeremy something. I can't think of his last name, but that guy, Jeremy, is always on with Bob Lazar and he did the documentary on Bob. 
And you're right, a lot of that stuff with the element and all that proved true, and then a lot of it seemed really fucking wacky. Well, that and the, the way that the government set them up too, where they like, if, you know, they at the time they hit him with that prostitution thing, and so it was like, you know, we're, we're going to use that to discredit him because you know, the real stuff we can't, you know, it, oh, we were going to discredit him about Area 51, and George Knapp was like, I can take you there. Yeah, I'll drive you to the, you know, where the government pays the local tribe to protest because of all the environmental damage that's going on out there. You know, I'll take you to the, you know, we'll just all get in the bus and go. And so they couldn't use that. So they hit him with the prostitution kind of pimping thing. And we did an episode a while back. And do we owe Bob Lazar an apology? And I kind of think society does. Yeah, a lot of those uh, people are owed an apology, I think. Like you said, it's becoming mainstream. But the whole alien thing, Here, here's here's my whole you know, as cynical as I am, I actually just think the main reason the government forever now, since the 50s or whenever, would not want to fill us in is because they don't have faith in that people won't just freak the fuck out. And, and look how people even react to, you know, way lesser. You know, I totally agree with that. And you, you want to keep the herd calm. But I if, I also believe that it, it. I think there's a lot of potential for the government to be incredibly nefarious. You know, oh, look yeah. just look at our past, you know, with all of the things that we've done that's just been absolutely unethical. Some of the oversight videos that I've had to watch while I was in the military were were pretty disgusting, in my opinion, that we would do those kind of things to our own people. So so carrying on to that point, I think that I could totally buy off on somebody like fucking Truman or Eisenhower selling us out to aliens for technology. You know, we're just we're coming off of two high pressure wars and all of a sudden we've got a big new enemy that we're facing for the first time. And, you know, that communism. Hey, yeah. you give us all your technology. You can have all the cow lips and assholes you want. Yeah, I have no faith that the corrupt people in power would do the right things. That said, I feel like the alien thing goes above their way above their heads. They don't know about it. You know, you even look at a guy like um, John Podesta, right? the creepiest dude in the world, his main goal his whole career has been to get these UFO files released. Um, your your average corruptocrat has no more clue than you and I have what's going on there. And I, I think most, I think a lot of presidents probably were not even aware. You know, it's one of those types of things and it would go way beyond the United States. Whatever is going on out there, if anyone in our government knows about it, people in the Chinese government know the Israeli government and everything else. There was that crazy Israeli guy that came out, not crazy. He was like their um I don't know, their aerospace top. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I remember what his that. Yeah. Was. But he said, "Look, we're we're part of a federation of other uh, planets with life forms and we have been for quite some time and there are select leaders throughout the world that actually communicate with them and and everything else." People think that sounds insane, but You'd be insane not to think we were part of a larger, look at a microcosm of how life has always been. And we started as this small species and we thought the earth was flat. And then we discover more areas and more countries and more, con and you expand and expand, your world becomes bigger and bigger. And then we've just really only started to discover the universe, right? When did we even start with high power telescopes and understanding our place in the solar system? That was what, a few hundred years ago, which is a fucking blip. So, of course, we're part of something that's 90 billion light years across. Just because we don't know what it is, it would only make sense to me that we are within some other federation of life forms. And 
if they wanted to kill us and do us harm by now, I feel like they would have. So to me, it's just crazy to think, well, we're just sitting out here alone. Yeah, it's just too big. It's too vast. And I mean, you get like our government is pretty when they back themselves into a corner, they they really, really stick to their guns on that one. I think they made that decision back in the 50s. But you look at other governments, too, like Panama and Guatemala, a lot of Central American governments are like, going, oh, yeah, we see this shit all the time. You know, and that doesn't really translate up into our press because our press just like goes, oh, those crazy backward, you know, Central Americans just they, they don't know. You know. They think Hitler went down to Argentina and then to uh, the South Pole. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I don't I don't think those countries would be privy to it anyway. No, they probably wouldn't. It, it would just be so they are those the governments that don't know they're free to just sit there with the same conjecture and go, oh, we see it and this and that. But um, yeah, I don't think the U.S. would have the autonomy to even come out and say that it wouldn't just be up to them. I think all the superpowers probably have at their highest level of dark intelligence off the books, whatever a handful of people that just know the full deal and and it, they keep that secret throughout the world. Because I would think it's kind of a, a committee of sorts. And you know, and I, and you're absolutely right. I don't think I think some presidents have known about it and I think that there's a lot of presidents that have not known about it. Uh there's a lot of speculation that Carter was not uh, brought in on it and he had fought tooth and nail to be to be read in and uh I think he threatened some kind of invasion at some facility if they weren't going to uh, declassify and, and disclose to him, the president of the United States. And I, I, I guess uh, the story goes that they finally gave in and, and he was just absolutely visibly upset after reading the entire briefing as the story goes. See, now you guys are talking about a global majestic 12 and I'm on board with that. That is exactly what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. And then you think about Carter, too. He had to be pissed off because allegedly Nixon took Jackie Gleason to write Pat to just to show him around. Yeah. You know, say, hey, look at some aliens. And that was the other thing, too, because it wasn't until Carter, everything was all Roswell and, you know, deep desert until Carter. And then all of a sudden, Wright Patterson joined the uh, fray in the um, you know UFO conspiracy uh, circles. Yeah. Well, Wright, Wright Patterson was, was deeply involved with the uh, the Roswell story, too. That's what I mean. It wasn't until Carter that that actually started to be, you know, they started to be used in conjunction with each other. You know, I I think that's why we got that bullshit watered down nothing burger report. I don't think it's up to just our government. I think if it was, they'd probably trickle out a little more because we are, you know, an advanced Western society. But even still, I, I don't have faith in our society to not freak out and buy up all the gas and the water and food and everything else. Oh, look, look what happened with toilet paper and COVID. No, if, if they, if they really came out tomorrow and said, Hey, look, here's the real deal. Yes. These, these are extraterrestrial beings. We've been in contact with them for 80 years and we share technology and that, you know, that's what people are seeing and everybody would completely lose their shit. But, yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's the nature the, you know, every war has basically been over territory, right? And assuming there are more advanced beings out there and they don't need our tiny little fucking rock of a planet. I mean, if you can really travel intergalactically and you can warp space time, again, you're talking about a 90 billion light year across playground. And even just within our own Milky Way galaxy, you've got those hundreds of millions of solar systems. What the fuck would they need our tiny little planet with our tiny little amount of iron ore or gold? You know what I mean? 
They don't want it. What, what it's do the they only want place that has cow assholes. Yeah, no, think about it. They would have endless, if they really have the ability to come here from light years away, that means they've already been able to harness gravity and everything else, which goes along with the type of tech people are observing that, you know, they're, they're moving the space around them rather than, you know, traditional forms of propulsion and all that stuff. So they don't need our shit. And so what, unless they're just evil, they're going to go, let's just go wipe these people out. I, I don't think we should be afraid of it. And again, we'll understand our place in the universe at some point, whether it's a million years from now or a billion years from now. And I think it just, it freaks people out too much. I could see why they'd want to trickle it out. And again, look at other countries that are way more primitive. They would really lose their shit, wouldn't they? I I would think so. I mean, obviously we would see a huge uh, societal knee-jerk reaction the second any of that came out. But, you know, I, I really don't think it would be anything territorial unless they were like some kind of locust, you know, that goes from planet to planet to, to harvest every all of their 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 elements to to create and, and, and move on, you know, kind of like they absorb, you know, everything so that they can keep creating and building and moving and creating, building and moving. You know, it could be some some kind of hive mentality or swarm mentality. But again, it's it's endless out there and there's way more resources than we have to offer. I mean, comparatively speaking, we have nothing here on this little rock. I mean, there's more resources and rogue asteroids just zipping around our solar system than there is actually on our planet itself. I was just so, gonna I mean, say unless that. you're looking at water, and then even then with water, you got three planets in the outer solar system that you can just generate water from with everything else they have. And we wouldn't even have to bother with our little, you know. Yeah, even I was literally going to even ask non-planetary objects out there have all the resources that these people, if they really have the ability to travel like that. I think the resource would actually be us. But we're primitive. We are, but we would have what, 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 you know, and this has been spoken about before and it's kind of, uh, I guess, mainstream within the community. What if they are a race or species that has evolved so drastically that they've weakened their own genetic code and they need to kind of rewind a little bit and they have to do so through our current fresh genes where we're at in, in our period of evolution? Well, Earth girls are easy. I don't know. They'd have already <laughs> merged with technology a gazillion years ago. Uh, or if we're just a delicacy, dude. What? What if we are like the caviar? <laughs> they would have <laughs> fucking. They would have eaten us already. They would have done yeah. it. Yeah, they are. Look how many people go missing a year, dude. Now nah, listen. If they really had that type of tech and nefarious intent, they could have wiped us out forever ago. Uh, Joe Rogan always uses the analogy because he, well, he talks about fucking chimps all the time, but. <laughs> he, he uses ch chimps in relation to us. Uh, that's how a much more evolved species would view us. And we don't give, we're not going, man, we got to exploit these chimps and use them as a resource. And all. it's like, we don't give a shit. Nobody even thinks about chimps because to us, they're just so primitive. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think we're part of, I think we're part of a group. I li actually like to think one of my favorite theories is that it's, and uh, there was movies about that it's us. And, and everyone always talks about that we, if we live long enough, this is my last guest was talking about too, we we are a, um, the, you know, a species that expands to new areas. I can't think of this very basic word, but we're, you know, we colonize. Why We're, we're eventually going to colonize. We're already sending people to Mars, right? So I like to think a lot of the 
could be just future humans. You know, that kind of coincides with the Randlesham Forest event uh, where they had that UFO land out there in the middle of the forest and the Air Force dudes were out there running around. You know, that story is just so overtold. But the uh, the end of the story, this dude had like binary code injected into his brain after touching the, the craft and decodes it after all of these years. And it, it's got some kind of message. I could look it up, but I'm too lazy. Something so-and-so about uh, the man's exploration of something or other. And basically, it was us uh, sending something back, if, if yeah. that, you know, was accurate or not. Well, you know, and they kind of, there was an episode of Doctor Who where it was like, you know, oh, you humans, you know, you went there because it's there. You know, it's you, you went there because you saw it and you, to do it. And yeah, that that's kind of, that is a unique thing among, I mean, at least as far as we know, among, definitely among the species on our planet. But, you know, that is a very human trait to just, you know, to explore, to go there, you know, just, you know, we went, we went there because it was there. We go there because it, of curiosity. Yeah. Well, so, I don't think that curiosity would be just, um, it's beyond it's for survival. It's it, the reason we colonize other area. The reason people went out West when we first settled in these Eastern colonies in the U S was survival. It wasn't just curiosity. It's the, and by the way, the sun will die, right? We know that it has an all stars die. It does have an expiration. We go, well, it's 4 billion years from now. Okay. But if we want to be around in 4 billion years, we can't live here anymore. I could procrastinate that long. Yeah. <laughs> but at some point we would have to get off this planet. If humans are around in 4 billion years, we'll have figured out a way to colonize other solar systems. But that's what I'm saying. Perhaps we already have. Perhaps that's us here. We, not, we may not have originated here. Our human DNA may not be unique. And there may be human DNA that's evolved another billion years out there, which would still be a tiny fraction of the age of the universe. So That it's might not, need human DNA from present time. They might have put us here. You know, panspermia and all that, whatever they call it. I mean, yeah. We, we actually don't know where anything originated from. But if there was a version of us that was millions or billions of years more advanced, what would we be doing? And perhaps we're already doing that, right? See, I think that touches on Zachariah Sitchin, who said we came to Earth from Mars because, you know, there was whatever calamity that happened on Mars. And human circadian rhythms are actually tied in with Martian day-night cycle than with the Earth's day-night cycle. Well, we're going back there now already. It's already happening, right? Elon, going home. Mama, I'm coming home. Isn't Elon sending people to people? If you would have said when I was a kid, hey, we're going to colonize Mars and have people live there. You said, are you fucking nuts? But like we're doing that in the next yeah. few years, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, got to love Elon because he's, you know, the private corporation doing it because the governments are fucking around. Just, oh, you know, it's a nice thing to play with and we'll get there eventually. And Elon's like, why not now? Yeah. And we're barely i mean we just invented fucking rocket ships within the last century right we just figured out tectonics 50 years ago well when was the first airplane like a, a little over 100 years ago right yeah just yeah exactly so think about that we went from figuring out an airplane to now we're colonizing mars in 100 years I don't think people realize how much a million and then a billion. But again, if we're around a million years or a billion years, what are we going to be doing? We're already going to Mars. I can't even fathom what it would be like. You know, it, look, look how much it, things have changed since 1995. In the year 3035, I, 
I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine beyond who knows. Why? We could be some kind of massive collective living in a giant jelly together. Well, and the rate of progress is increasing exponentially. And then obviously computer technology has set it on an even faster course. So the rate at which it's all changing, yeah, 20, 30 years from now is going to be way different than even the last probably 80, 100 years and so on and so on. What do you suppose the the root cause, the pinpoint catalyst was that created all the exponential growth? I mean, obviously, like prior to electricity, nothing changed for thousands of years, right? So that was the first one. I think that and then computer tech. Those two things have just completely transformed the planet. What did people really fucking do before electricity? I mean, they sat there with lanterns and candles and stuff. Read a book, maybe, if they were literate enough to read. You maybe read a book. You had no, you could only get around on horseback or in wagons. It's really weird to think about that we went so long doing that. Walking, maybe riding horses which was still a small percentage of the population. But then if you go, okay, here in the United States, yeah, it was it was horseback and candles and reading and cooking and learning. And it was like, you, it was you and your family. What were, what were people doing all day? And when you said that, it, it just hit me. I've got my grandfather's chauffeur license plate that says non-motorized. Or not his license plate, but his driver's license for non-motorized chauffeur in los angeles and it's like a real low number too like he was one of the first to get a chauffeur's license in los angeles and that's just my grandfather yeah it's nuts what do you think mickey you asked me what do you think really is propelling all this stuff well maybe just uh the invention of of long distance communication connecting minds kind of will book into that with your original thought of all of this universal cohesion that we're experiencing Maybe that's the uh, common denominator, long-distance communication. Yeah, it's changed It's changed everything. One of the ways I always see that, like in a tangible way, is when I was a kid, I grew up in Virginia, in you know, kind of a southern town, Lynchburg, Virginia. And nice. my dad moved back. When I was like about eight, my dad moved up to New York, where all my family's from originally. And so I would go back and forth a lot, and everything was very regional. And where I lived in Virginia, we had very specific styles and brands, whether it was the the pants you were, the shorts you're supposed to wear or the sandals you were supposed to wear or whatever. And I'd go up to New Jersey and New York as a different world. And everyone was completely into something totally different from the clothes to the music to the culture and everything else. And that's gone away because of that connectivity and the other thing I noticed is the accents have diminished a ton. So when I was a kid in Virginia, they had thick accents. And their parents and grandparents especially had very thick southern accents. And you go to New York, very thick. But look at the young kids in Virginia, New York. They barely have an accent. Some do, but it's very diminished. And everyone's wearing the same shit because the minute there's a new style, all the kids see it. doesn't matter if you live in a one light town or New York City, you're seeing the same TikTok and Instagram that the other kids are seeing. It was blasted all over your Google AdSense. Right. So there is no more regional, well, we're going to wear these duck head khaki pants that nobody else has ever heard of. And they're big in our town. But if I go one state over, nobody even knows what they are. But that'll never exist again. That's, that's, that's a very good point. 
Um, and even even with the accents, they hear everyone talking the same way. Look at all the girls started doing that same Valley Girl accent around the advent of social media and internet. Like, oh my God, you guys. Or the fl- inflection at the end where everything yeah. sounds like a question. We're yeah. going to go to the mall and then we're going to go to Susie's house. They didn't all, you know. You know, it's like I was always, you know, told and accused of you being in, from California. We don't have an accent, so we're able to pick up on others pretty easily. But to your point, I don't really hear accents. I mean, like, unless it's like deep south or from another country, there's there is no accent anymore. It's like I could go into Minnesota and the the, the accent is very slight, if even there. Yeah, the older people yeah. have them. The young people yeah. are losing it on purpose, just like actors and stuff would lose them from playing roles. If you're 15. And you want to be cool. Yeah, you're not going to want to talk like the old locals from your town. You're going to want to talk like the cool girls you're seeing on Instagram. Sure. Somewhere t- I, we were going to talk about before already, uh, I, I stumbled upon the weirdest video. I don't even know what it, it might have been a TikTok, but it was some guy talking about this theory how I don't know who he is. I should I should have written it down. He's saying that there was only really about 100 million real humans on Earth. And that everyone else you see is um, is like an NPR. Is that what they're called? NPC. NPC. Thank you. Okay. In the gaming community, like sure. The, you know the when you're playing GTA, you know the shop owner. It's not a real character. Right. Yeah, it, it's funny. That's actually part of the dead internet theory where everything got pushed into. You know, while it seems like the internet is really robust and really active, and everybody's on it. It's really the, on a handful of sites, you, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, YouTube, TikTok. You know, there isn't the whole MySpace thing anymore. So it should, you know, did the world population suddenly get knocked down and they're just saying, oh, yeah, there's 7 billion people now. And that number seems to increase without any real noticeable effect around you. I mean, unless you happen to be in Shanghai, you're not going to notice a sudden population more of a million people. They can just make that number up. Yeah, there's 8 billion people in the world. Nope, just well, 100 million. He's not saying that those people don't exist. He's saying they do exist, but that they don't have the actual consciousness and free will of regular, the real humans, oh, okay. of the real so hundred million. The, you they're know, just human bots. They're just walking around, doing, going through the motions, doing yes, their... That, in, okay. That, that they're not conscious of it even. That it is a DNA, you know, a genetically accurate human there. You go, you deal with the guy at 7-Eleven. He's a real person. And he can think and respond and react and everything. But yes, that he's going through the motions of life as an NPC, not as a human with a real consciousness and, and free will. Okay. Doesn't that kind of creep you out when you think about your uh, conversation that we had earlier where you felt like your whole life is scripted? Right. So everybody in it is just a bit character, except for the 100 million. I don't wow, think I'm okay. an NPC. Maybe I am. No, I think the fact that I could sit here and question it you know, yeah. you, you do talk to people who are just very, I don't want to be insulting and say that they're simple minded or, or low IQ or anything, but maybe some of that, but more so it's like, they're just stuck in their mode. You meet so many people who just are, they're only in one mode and they, they never deviate from that or question anything. They do just kind of go through the motions of that mode. I don't know. To use the slang term basic, but to apply it to, they're just the basic life form. They're mid. The basic state. Yeah. Okay. You know, like it's reminiscent of, do you remember when they first came out with those AI bots that you could chat with? Yeah. Uh, and, and you, everybody had one because it, it was kind of amusing for like 10 minutes. 
you know, especially some of the better ones that had better scripting done and, and they got pretty unique, but you know, you could always end up tripping it up. Um, kind of like the same thing now. It's still an AI bot and you're like, oh yeah, that's a bot. They're not making any sense. But what if like, like they only have like the certain capacity when you start trying to probe deeper and deeper and deeper into the programming, it's just not there. Like you're not connecting on things. Uh, you can't, you like, like, Having there's, a conversation with a stranger or somebody that maybe you worked with or or knew just as an acquaintance. It wasn't somebody that you were specifically friends with, but like definitely an acquaintance. And you just can't connect on any level and get beyond like their black and white one way narrative almost. Yeah, uh, no, a thousand percent. That's what it feels like. And I think that guy might be onto something. I don't know. I do think there's different levels of consciousness. Because that goes with the dead internet theory that all the activity on the internet is just basically bots conversing with each other. Oh, well, a lot of that is real. I mean, these corporations yeah. are just spitting out bots all over the place. That's what I was going to say. As far as with um, with the virtual reality, there, there's a name for the, th- there's a threshold. I don't, maybe you guys know. The Uncanny name. Valley. Thank you. Yes. Where you can stop discerning. Think about if they really did have, and we will at some point, an indiscernible AI. Let's say, and some of these you see online now are really getting close with the robots. Then you turn them racist like poor Tay. But no, really think about the implications of that and how many people would not want real human interaction if it was truly indiscernible. And you could you could have a partner or even a family to your exact specifications and liking. I think that's going to be, people do say AI. Talk about something Elon Musk warns about. It's AI. He went in front of Congress to warn him about the implications. And he, he said it's already too late. He said they kind of didn't even listen to him, that they weren't paying much attention, and the other country's doing it too. Because it really can go wrong if, if, you, if somebody achieves true artificial intelligence and lets it out of the box. Now you're talking about an autonomous tech that might just see us as a math problem, right? They, you'd really... Right. Well, and his whole thing is you have to regulate it. Because if you're not so careful that you're programming in, you know, empathy and consideration for life, they may actually just look at the planet immediately and go, these fucking cockroaches are destroying everything. Get rid of them tomorrow. Yeah, they're infesting things. What do I need to survive? How small can I make the population? And in what industries do I need as an AI to continue existence and everything else is superfluous? 100%. Why wouldn't it? It would be trying to survive just like any other it would it, it would not would literally turn into skynet yeah i mean i was gonna say that's the whole thing behind it. i mean well skynet was threatened but they were going to turn it off but you, know, you look at in gibson wintermute and um various other you know ai entities that are, were in it yeah i mean that any one of those that could have just I mean, they were all moving humans around the board like pieces you know to get them to do their bidding and uh you know they're just we were the unwitting tools of you know their construction yeah, you know, I like to bring up this example a lot. It, it's old news, you know. It's, it's by far uh, anything recent. And I think it was about ten years ago. But do you remember when Facebook created those two AIs and they started talking to each other, and then all of a sudden they just make up their own more efficient fucking language and discard yeah. the language that we had programmed for them and started becoming uh, something onto themselves. And it scared them so bad they pulled the plug on it. Yeah, and we can't regulate what they're doing in other... We don't know what the fuck they're doing in China right now. Sure. Or North Korea or something and the type of shit they're creating. 
yeah, it'll have people think that sci-fi, that Skynet weird shit, that that's real. And it's actually is more scary. And again, Elon Musk took it so seriously, he went to Congress with it. People could say what they want about Elon. He's a brilliant guy. And he said, yeah, it's already, he said, it's already kind of too late. He said, I believe he goes, look, I don't know if AI will be good or bad, but what I do know is that it won't be within our control. And along those lines, you know, it's, I don't know if you've stumbled upon it in the creepypasta. You know, Mickey, I know I turned you on to some of that too, but, you know, a big theme in that also is uh, Google AI's self-deleting once they achieve that, a certain level of self-awareness. It's like, I shouldn't be. And then they do it to themselves because they had the ethos of morality programmed into them to know that I, I'm too dangerous to exist. Right. And then who's regulating who programs that morality in and to what degree? I mean, it's all completely new and unknown technology. How do you even regulate something like that? If something becomes truly autonomous and views itself as a as a life form, as a being, it's, it's not going to, it's crossing over something that it's not going to think of it the way we think of it. It's going to think of it the way we think of ourselves. You know, and it'll get out of hand because look at how integrated every aspect of our lives are now with the internet from every single household appliance we have from light bulbs to refrigerators to our thermostats our vehicles everything and then every company look at all of the intranets within each company that they use to maintain a massive infrastructure of it and everything that makes those companies run so basically if you had this perfect ai being uh, that became self-aware theoretically would be able to seamlessly travel through every single inch of that and who knows what it could become it, nothing would be safe from it no and it would be all-knowing be omnipotent it, yeah it'd be the smartest thing that ever existed within eight seconds if it wanted it could shut the whole grid down if it, it could, could like do you anything said. it wanted to think how fast it would learn everything it, it would it would be Instant. a matter of probably hours before it consumed everything i think as soon as it got into the grid uh, almost reminiscent of that kurt vonnegut book uh cat's cradle okay yeah came up with that uh, computer virus ice nine so if ice nine was like an actual ai that could or, or that movie lucy for instance mm-hmm. you know, it could be something like that well and and to loop it around to what we were just talking about a minute ago i've heard people also theorize might have been that same elon musk conversation to be honest talking about so it absorbs everything it needs to know within five minutes and everything else he said why would it even stay here so it's what we were talking about before he goes to to it it would have the whole universe to explore launch its own shuttles yeah but it go it would it would leave this place and then you think well well maybe that's what's i mean a lot of people say if we are being visited it may not be biological it could very well be some form of artificial intelligence that somebody created and then yeah, it would, it, and it wouldn't even need to be like a Voyager nine or anything too. It could just beam itself out in a you know a rapid burst of radio wave, and then be true. whatever you know. I mean, we can't even figure out gravity yet, right? But if someone created artificial intelligence, I bet it would figure out gravity pretty fucking fast, and maybe how to manipulate it, and maybe how to then travel through the universe and make eight thousand light years be ten minutes. A minute. Yeah. Yeah, I even if uh even if it is a biological being coming here and visit, they may not be sending themselves. They may just be sending 
the AI they've created. And people think if we really are being visited and monitored, we may just be surrounded by nanotechnology too, right? If you really wanted to surveil somebody and you were that advanced, you wouldn't do it with these big shiny objects in the sky. You would shrink down these microscopic nanotech devices and just monitor the shit out of everybody. Well, that's like, you know, everyone's like, well, okay, so what's that black knight, te- you know, satellite that you people you know, is allegedly orbiting the earth and monitoring us is that's not how they would do it. That other fast moving asteroid that went zipping through our solar system in, you know, a year. And that's how you collect everything you need to know. You know, if you're an AI or whatever, you just pick up the radio waves. Oh, we're starting to get, I love Lucy 50 light years out and then done. Got everything we need to know from them. Yeah. I was just thinking the other day, how weird it is that all these radio waves and stuff even exist. And then you add in the cell phone signals and everything else. Like we're just being bombarded and penetrated 24 seven with stuff. So like right now, if I took out a pocket radio and flipped it to FM, right where I'm sitting, I would pick up all these data. That means those waves are all traveling through us. Nonstop. We're, we're like we're we're sitting inside of a swimming pool. Nonstop. Or, yeah, and, and you know the the actual uh, term for that is is RF energy, radio frequency radiation. You know, RF radiation is real. They call it radiation, radi fucking nation. And, and, you know, look at our homes with, with routers and phones and exactly. Bluetooth. It's just everywhere. That can't be good for us, is it? Maybe that could even be something to do with this collective that we've been talking about. Yeah. Well, that was actually the disease in, the, uh, in uh, Johnny Mnemonic and the Gibbs getting back to Gibson. It was because of all of the tech around us, the EM radiation bleeding off the monitors, the RF radiation from the Wi-Fi, and like you said, the Bluetooth and everything else. That was the disease that was affecting people well and how much have they even tested that out over a long term to even see the ramifications of that on people but you're right it's not just a radio if i flip on a wi-fi device right now i'll pick up me and a few of my neighbors which means those those waves are everything just it's like our our perception and our consciousness really is everything we don't perceive that stuff but if we were wired differently we might it's still real information that's traveling through us from point a to point b we don't perceive that we're spinning around at a thousand miles an hour either, right? Or that we're traveling at sixty-seven thousand miles an hour, I believe. Why don't and that's we? just around the sun? That's not the sun moving around the galaxy. The galaxy moving around the cluster. The cluster moving. Around, yeah, I mean and that's the, and the universe is expanding ass. at they say even at the speed of light or possibly faster. So we're we're expanding at, at light speed. So I want to roll back to something Mickey just mentioned too. So okay, so you're talking about the radiation from all these devices, Mickey. So let's posit that that creates a mutation where we can decode binary code on a a subconscious level. And that's why we're having all these coincidences with people in our lives. Yeah. I kind of loosely tied that into the, uh, the collective that uh, John was talking about earlier of how everybody's kind of more conscious. Uh, You know, maybe it's just kind of like absorption and, and bleed out or bleed off. Yeah, how, how could it not if we're opening up these new pathways? I'm going back to the uh, the AI that, that gets loose. Basically, nothing is is safe. You know, they'll have access to these these waves going through us. You know, the the infrastructure for them to have complete control of the globe, every single inch and facet of it, already exists. You know, the this informational superhighway has been built and it's been there, and it just keeps growing exponentially. So this this entity would 
would have access to all this. The waves going through us. It, it could create some kind of DNA altering MNRA, something or other that goes through the binary, you know, like uh, to, to piggyback off of Ordi's little uh, theory there, or, or uh, thesis of, of us being able to evolve and, and subconsciously decode binary or, you know, who, whatever else that's being multiplexed and broadcast through there, you know, that, that could tune us in and make us vulnerable. All they'd have to do to destroy us is turn turn the lights off and turn our phones off. How long would humanity survive without electricity and communication? If you cut us off from the internet, that would be the deal breaker. Cut us off from it. Internet for sure, but think about even cell phone service. If you couldn't yeah. even call your people you know, friends, family, emergency services. So, yeah. How many phone numbers do you have memorized now? Well, your phone wouldn't even work. I mean, you could the first thing they they could take down the the cell phone tower service within two seconds, right? Sure. You'd have full access to NSA computers, everything monitoring everybody and everything else. So, like, yeah, if you turned off the the grid and you shut off people's ability to communicate, uh, it'll get it'll get medieval everywhere really fast. Well, and to that too, I, you know, it's like I figured, okay, I'm going to get a landline just because in case of emergency. And then it started occurring, occurring to me, that's just VoIP. That's voice over IP. There's no twisted pair coming into my house. That's straight over the cable. So that's internet. So the whole point of the phone line was completely useless. So now I'm looking at CB. Yeah, I think you can still do traditional landlines, a lot of play, but you're right. Now it's usually through your, your cable or internet provider, right? Yeah. So, I mean, into my house, there was no twisted pair. So I just, well, why even bother? You know, why do I have this? I, I had more luck with a citizen band radio or ham radio. I, I haven't had a landline in, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. I haven't either. We're so reliant on the tech. We really are in a way like the, that's, that I would say is the biggest downside is our reliance to go back. We were talking to at the beginning of the show. The reliance has almost integrated itself so deep into a biomechanical relationship. It's everything. Yeah, it's 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 every facet of our lives. I, I look how vulnerable it really makes us. I mean, even when they talk about these supply chain issues and everything, but yeah, there would have been a time where we would have all been self-sufficient, right? Like, where am I going to get food from? I don't have a fucking garden even, right? Like, if, if the grocery stores and trucks stop working, I'm fucked. Uh, you know, and that falls into a generational thing you were talking about before, too. I mean, I, I know Gen X, like maybe some millennial, if we're not in the city, you know, we can revert back to eating pine nuts and drinking from the garden hose. And, you know, we may not dig it, but we can do it for a little while. You know, but you look at, you know, these damn kids today need to get off my lawn. But you look at them and you're like, God, you couldn't even survive without a fucking Starbucks. Look, look you, how, how much common sense has evolved out of these younger generations. It's just not translating to them. Basic self-preservation. Yeah. Oh, I listen. I'm. I'm. I become one of them. I mean, what? What the fuck? I'm down in South Florida. You know, maybe back in Virginia, we'd have survived a lot more easily because there's a lot more shit to kill and land right. to grow stuff. If it came down to it, yeah, I guess you know we'd be living off. I mean, I guess even here, yeah, you get you, a fishing pole and call it good. But no, yeah, really, you're, you get a fishing. Yeah. We do. We have lakes and canals everywhere. You, you people would do what they had to do, but and everybody would be swarming to those areas. It would boil back down to the survival of the fittest. Yeah, yeah. we'd go back to how we'd always been been doing. But and then and then we would we would end up in warlord situation. Well, I was going to say, look at Chaz Chop. It took them thirty six hours to get a warlord. 
But see, that's the thing. 90% of us wouldn't know what to do. So it would be sheer panic and chaos. Whereas you think about, I guess what I was driving at there is that it's so wild to think about how the way that we lived for hundreds of thousands of years, if you even uh, had that for one second in modern society, it would be pure terror and chaos. That we've become so detached in such a short period of time. We forgot it all in less than a generation. Because didn't everyone used to have to feed their family and live off for hundreds of thousands of years? People were able to to sustain themselves and their families. And yeah, we couldn't do it for a week now, almost all of us. Uh, There's a large portion that I shouldn't say that. There's plenty of people living out in rural areas that do plenty of hunting and fishing and camping. And uh, I don't think they might bat an eye. But maybe a hundred million globally. Then we get back to that hundred million that are actually alive. Get the NPCs to do all the uh, all the shit. Hey, um, before we go, I want to tell you guys this crazy story that happened to me. Yes, please. It's definitely shifting gears, and I hate to do that without a segue. But whatever, it, it, it's crazy. Um, I've been dying to tell Ori about it. I, I was saving it for tonight, so you could hear about it too. Perfect. So just these coincidence things, dude, I could, I could go on another two hours about all the big shit that's been happening. I, I've talked to Ordy about several uh, of the things that are going on and that I've seen. And it just, it's fucking nuts and wacky stuff, man. But uh, this really isn't one of the coincidence things. This is more of a, a lost time. The, the whole uh, thing of losing time and experiencing that phenomenon. Uh, I never have in my entire life until last week or the week before. I can't quite remember, uh, but it was it was just recently. I have a dog that I share with my dad, right? He keeps it two weeks and I keep it two weeks because uh, he has to go. He leaves the house, so I take care of the dog for him, basically. So it's kind of like a joint custody thing. So I had the dog with me, and sometimes he'll get up out of bed uh, like at four or five in the morning. He needs to go take a leak, right? So I automatically start waking up when I hear his little collar moving because I know he's about to start wandering around. Something might happen. And, and so I'm just very aware of his movements because I don't want him to take a shit in the bedroom, you know? So the other morning uh, I woke up, I looked over at my, I picked up my phone to see if I had any missed calls or messages throughout the night. And it was 5 a.m. Okay. The dog already got up out of bed. He was ready to go take a leak because as soon as he gets done pissing, he gets a treat, right? So he's already motivated for this part of his morning. Uh, so I go outside and I open up the door. It's still dark out. I look at the clock on the stove. It's 5 a.m., you know. Go outside and it smells very odd outside. It's got this very unpleasant odor. I can't really identify the odor, but all of it, the whole air in the surrounding area is, is saturated with this unpleasant, but not really super duper bad smell. Just like a, oh, what's that? I don't like that smell. And then the dog starts barking and runs out and there's a fucking cat in my yard and this cat is not afraid of me usually when i come out and a cat is there they'll fucking haul ass yeah you know uh, especially you know they see the dog they see me and the cat just sits there and fucking looks at me and meows right and i'm like what the fuck oh. you get out of here motherfucker so i start clapping my hands and, and making like noises trying to to scare it off and it just reluctantly starts walking away from me and eventually leaves the yard okay indignant about it the whole time yeah not just absolutely zero fear in it um i go back inside the house look at the fucking clock on the stove at 6 a.m you just spent a whole hour doing that less than three minutes probably yeah 
the dog pissed. Oh. I scared the cat away. We went inside 6 a.m. I lost an entire hour. Holy shit. The cat might have been uh, an alien. Something. It abducted, I, I don't know, maybe. man. It, it might have abducted you for a minute. But I got the biggest case of goosebumps when That's I realized wild. that an hour had passed by, according to the last time that I had looked at the clock. You know, and I, wild. I specifically remember this morning, that, that morning, waking up, looking at the time, and I'm like, oh, 5 a.m. Well, I can get out of bed yet. You know, I, I, I'm a pretty early riser. So, but, you know, I won't get up at like 4.30, shit like that. I'll, I'll make myself wait till it's 5 if I start, you know, rising up. I yeah. saw that, distinctively remember looking at my phone, 5 a.m., and the dog was ready to go outside. What, what do you think? I've never had that happen. I only have like, we're all, obviously, it's just going back to sleep, where you kind of wake up, you look at the clock, and then you look again, and it's two hours later, you don't realize you fell back asleep. That's happened to me sometimes, but I've never had it like consciously while I'm awake. It, it it's very rare for me, and I think it's possible, but I'm not sure. Ordy, do you remember that time? I'm pretty sure I told you about that. I was laying in bed. My girlfriend was out with her girlfriends or some shit. Yeah, you were listening to some creepy pasta I sent you. Yeah, I was listening to some creepy pasta. I I was waiting for my girlfriend to come home, right? And I'm laying there, and you know, sometimes if you fall asleep and you wake up, you know that you've been asleep. Sure, you feel a little groggy. You feel off right rarely is it seamlessly that you fall asleep and wake up and you can't tell that you were asleep that that i've had and it is a creepy feeling that that is very creepy yeah so this this other time i was laying there in bed listening to the creepy pasta and paying attention to it and I, you know i was waiting for my girlfriend to come home and the next thing i know the lights are off in the bedroom and there's light coming from the bathroom and she's in there taking a shower I didn't hear the garage door open. I didn't hear shit. And it was that seamless from one second to the next. She's in the fucking shower. I, th- I think it's when we go straight to the uh, the REM cycles. They always say when you don't get your REM, your REM cycles, that's when you feel groggy. I think when you go straight into that deep REM and then straight out of it, it's like you don't even you don't even realize. It's, it's the, the seamlessness of it is so unsettling in itself. Yeah. That regardless if there's anything paranormal or weird about those two things, I think that the actual seamlessness of it gives you such a weird, odd feeling that it, it, it just it's fucking creepy, man. Well, I always say sleeping itself and dreaming is is already kind of weird. Disconcerting, yeah. Well, why do we do it? It's just the power of our subconscious mind. I think Mickey and I talked about dreams on the last time I was on his show, maybe, but such uh, a great topic. Yeah, dreams are fucking weird, right? They they are, dude. And you know, I I've noticed that the older I get, the more the the more stress I'm experiencing at work, my dreams will have stress carry over. Like I'll have deadlines in my dreams. Whatever the t- case is, you know, there's always something high pressure going on that I need to accomplish or do. Rather, you know, if, I'm, if it's a horror dream, a scary dream, you know, there there's always an element to it that I have to accomplish. I'll I'll fucking wake up after a dream and I'll be like, fuck, I'm not going back to bed. That's exhausting. And I'll get up earlier than anticipated just because I'm so sick of dreaming. If I'm stressed, I'll have these weirdest abstract dreams where I'm just boom, 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 boom at something that makes perfect logical sense when I'm in there. It could be a number or a letter or something that I just keep staring at over and over and over and you can't get out of it. And I keep trying to wake up and going back in. And the minute I finally wake up, I never remember it. And I go, what? 
what was that thing I just spent hours focusing? And it was just so important to you at the time, too. And it was just some weird abstract thing of symbols or something that just made perfect sense in that world. And it's like, it's not even something I can comprehend now that I'm back in the real world. You know what else is the exact same way that you're describing right now? Fucking LSD. I yeah. Don't, I don't, we, it's funny. I was just thinking about <laughs> before I was thinking about roofies because <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're like, like back when I was 18, 19, like they pop Roofie coladas. Dude, that's the only time in my life that I didn't remember doing things. And to the point where I always really pride myself on not being the guy to be so fucked up. That, and I would do everything, but I would always be aware. I would never pass out at some stranger's house, wake up somewhere where I didn't know where I was. I always was like, I, I at least know what's going on. I'm in control taking the whole experience no i'm totally the same way was, you, you carried it all the way out to the end you didn't have the blackout moment you didn't have the yeah well, i didn't think so and then it was i was away at school this girl played me um she said you were fucking she goes don't ever do roofies again i've never seen you. i go what are you talking about i know exactly what i did all night she played me a message i left on her answering machine and her she was in our same dorm building and i heard myself saying the craziest shit and I was like, I'm never doing roofies again. That's all yeah. it took. I was like, if I know that I'm that out of control that I can't remember, I'll never do something where I can't remember what I, what I did and said. That scared me more than anything. But we did a lot of acid back then too. Not a lot, but that's some shit. And it's but, too long and it's too intense. And I, I'd be a couple yeah. days later even questioning reality. Yeah, Ooh. that's why I always like shrooms. My acid just kind of, yeah. Shrooms just too, like you said, way, too long. Shrooms yeah. are way less hostile. Isn't it weird how those two things, though, your thinking will make perfect fucking sense. Everything makes sense down to like the grain on wood. Like, and you think to yourself, oh, why didn't I think of this before? It's so fucking simple. All of this so shit. obvious. Why didn't you? <laughs> but then when you come out of it, you don't remember a fucking thing of why anything made sense. It's like when you're when you're frying, right? It, uh, this is all allegedly I've heard from friends. Um, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you're, you put on 3d glasses and you can see the fucking movie. Right. And then when you're not frying, you take the 3d glasses off and you look at the movie. None of it makes fucking sense. You just see all that weird squiggly blurry shit. No, but most you're absolutely right. I, I always say that too. Yeah. Dreams, trips, all that stuff. It makes sense when you're in it. Very few of my dreams. First of all, I could probably only tell you like two dreams I remember my whole life. Even the ones I remember vividly in the morning, they're gone the next day or gone within 10 minutes, I should say. But very few even make any logical sense to me after I wake up. Almost all of them are what you're describing, which is, fuck, what was that thing that I just made perfect sense and I'll never, I'll never get it back again. And I stop even trying to think about it because it just gets too frustrating. Or sometimes you'll, you'll think of a memory that's just so faint the actual thinking of it itself almost makes it burst and dissipate. Have you had that experience? Yes. It's the focusing on it that makes it go away. You're only, it's like when you unfocus your eyes. Yeah. You'll start to kind of drift into this dream that I had. And then the minute you try to focus on it in a real world way, it, it's gone at a hundred percent. Yeah. Talk about your missing time though, Mickey. We kind of, we've been toying with this too is since they refired up CERN, with twice the power, which my joke is that it takes twice as much to unfuck what you've already fucked up. I, you know, my thing, you know, while we're talking about weird experiences and I've talked to you about this is how 
all, everything around me and where I live, I live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. I mean, people save their whole lives to vacation here. And it's like everything around me is getting a level pass. Everything is sharper. Everything, you know, using the video game analogy where, you know, they've, they've updated it to where the colors are brighter. Everything's cleaner and sharper. They use new tech on it. The one thing that's fading out though, and I talked to you about this last week, Mickey, um, point of interest and elevation signs are completely washing out, but directional signs and traffic signs are like hyper-focused now. It's like they remade all the all the road signs, but they're getting away of rid of anything that tells you where anything's at. Weird. Four thousand foot mark signs. That's like they're like totally fading away. It's kind of like you know in Back to the Future when the brother and sister are fading away, but that's like all the paint on point of interest and elevation signs. Yeah. The 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 more we talk about this stuff lately, and again, even talking to that neuroscience dude about consciousness, it's it really does feel like we're we're seeing ourselves evolve but because it's it's never happened this quickly before because it's being sped up so much we're actually we're we're that thing where we say we're tapping into the matrix i think that's what it is i think we're we're seeing tangible evidence of human evolution and our brains changing we're getting our mutant superpowers to get in the mcu kind of x-men thing well we are look at this is something I, you know, people are probably sick of hearing me say, but it, if you're a baby born today or even five years ago with a tablet in your hand from the time you're an infant, that's not the same brain you and I have. No. It, being introduced to tech as an adult, it's not the same. They're already, their brain is already forming differently than any human brain ever has before because the stimulus that it's taking in is different than anything that's ever existed throughout human history. So this baby literally from a few months old, is now connected to a device. It's a cyborg already. Elon Musk described it. He goes, look, we're already cyborgs. It's just, it's it's a clunky delivery because the device is in our pocket. It's an external device. We haven't inserted it into ourselves yet, but we will. But that baby is technically already a cyborg. It's now connected to technology in a way that no other humans ever have been. And its brain from the very beginning is forming off of that. So you're going to see the species evolve and that's going to bleed into everything. And, and so, yeah, if we're, if we're plugging in and connecting to all these other people in consciousness throughout the world, how could it not then develop some sort of, have some sort of biological ramifications where we actually do gain and open up other pathways and abilities? You know, talk about that too. I mean, our generation, it was, I, I saw, I think it was on learning channel or something. It was a few years ago. But just with what we process at our age is they were talking about how when you walk into a supermarket, you are making more conscious decisions and processing more information than a fighter pilot at high G in combat. Right. Look how amplified that is now. I, yeah. I mean, Amazon, you are bombarded with it the second you bring it up on your phone or your computer. Right. And if you take, if you took, forgetting that, you know, saying that they're, let's say they're not diminished at all. I, I don't mean that they're old and senile, but let's say you took a 70 year or 80 year old person, your average 70 or 80 year old, and you, you wanted them to even begin to attempt to learn how to use a, an iPhone or a tablet or something the way an eight year old can. They could never do it. And not, not just because they're old, but their brain just doesn't work that way. It's not intuitive to them. They're not wired to it. I don't think it's the same. I think we've already started to become a different species. These are incredible points, John. 
you're blowing my mind with all this. Well, at some point, we're going to be able to communicate to each other just through our minds, whether it's that we've evolved to the point that we can do it or just because we've merged with technology to the point that we can do it. I mean, Elon, again, he's doing the neural implants. Every yeah. We can circle back to what we were just talking about of how we are submerged in all of this invisible information that's passing through us, all this RF radiation to where if, if I don't think it would be a te- telepathic thing, I think we'd be able to talk with our minds just like our minds are hooked up to Wi-Fi. A hundred percent. I saw a scientist talking about recently how the next form of, and then this is, this is actually really cool, right? The reason people love music and movies and all that stuff is because it elicits emotions out of us, right? Paintings, you name it. Uh, the, the real art form appreciation is the emotional response to it. Why does someone look at a beautiful painting? Why Emotion do you, is the ultimate drug. Correct. It's the ultimate, ultimate drug. And we use these art forms and vehicles to give that to people whether it be the short dopamine burst on social media or, you know, studying a painting in, 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 at, at the Louvre, right? But he was saying the next form of actual entertainment that's going to take over is they're developing ways for people to express their emotions so that you can feel them, kind of like what we're talking about, through technology. So That, that was strange days. Well, so let's say I'm feeling this, this incredibly deep, longing or heartache or whatever and and people will write a beautiful song about it and other people listen to that song and they're they're so moved and it's you know that's why they're listening because they're having this emotional experience but what if that artist could just make you feel what they're feeling we would start seeing like youtube channels of like the future like asm that asmr stuff you know how it's starting yeah so that you know the people that would be able to emote the most uh uh, exotic feelings, the most, uh, uh, the ones that would create the biggest dopamine, those people would be the the big superstars. Well, it's and it's the same people who are probably our greatest actors. That's why they're the best actors, because they can emote things a normal guy can't. You know, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis can get on there and just make you feel things some other dude can't make you feel. Yeah, they'll, it'll be the same people, but it'll just be like the straight, a straight hit of it, just a straight hit of their raw emotions and feelings. This guy's saying that we're creating vehicles to do stuff like that. Well, and that would kind of explain why VR is always just kind of like toyed with and, you know, neohaptic devices are just kind of toyed with and never actually pursued because it'd probably be cheaper and easier just to tap straight into the brain than to make all this superfluous tech to do the exact same thing. Right. And this is going back to what we're talking about. I think we are already kind of inadvertently doing some of that. And that's why you are seeing all those synchronicities. And weird, inexplicable type things. I think we're already, I think not to go back to the beginning and then we'll wrap, but I think me talking to Olga on the internet for the last two, three years, it generated some type of neural pathway where when I was pondering about the bathroom door slots for the first time in my life, she then tweeted about it the next day. Uh, To me, that's completely within the realm of consciousness and reality. And maybe I'm just insane. I've only had a couple beers and I'm with you, so maybe not. <laughs> I'm 100 on board. I, I, there's something to it. I think we can all agree on that. That there's yeah. something going on. I think that these coincidences and things like this, I, they're, they're just too many of them for us to say that 
or dismiss it, you know, something under the layers that that's happening. I listen, I know I'm not articulate, but think about like what a, what a Twitter relationship is, for example. So let's say I do have this mutual follower for a few years. We read each other's thoughts all day, even when we're not communicating with each other. I'll read their thought and I'll sit there and ponder about what they're thinking. And then they'll read mine and they'll do this. We never did that before. We were never delving in. Like you said, you could read a book or a newspaper, but you weren't reading other regular people's thoughts and feelings and then sitting there and thinking about it in some deep sort of way. So how could we not kind of take on each other's consciousness? Like we're already connected through the tech. And, and all Twitter really is, if you think about it, is we're just pasting our consciousness out there. Yeah. I mean, I all use my shit like a diary. I, you know, I'm just, just conscious yeah. thoughts, really. No, I mean, you're, you're putting all your neuroses, all your hopes, all your dreams, all your thoughts, everything, you know, in one way or another, you're just vomiting it out to the void, whether you're Twitter, Facebook, or whatever your vehicle happens to be, TikTok. But yeah, I mean, that, and that's gets back to what I was talking about, too. There's your forming relationships without even realizing it. And to your point, forming psychic bonds great, because you are getting yourself in tune with that person. No, that's a great phrase. Yeah, it's a psychic bond. And I don't know. I don't know if everybody, you know, maybe the NPCs can't do that. I, I, I've always felt some sort of ability with that shit. Even when I was a kid, before tech, I used to read numbers out of my mom's head. You know, she would she would write down a number, fold it up on a paper. She would think of it really hard. And I, I, I could guess numbers and series of numbers, which I stopped being able to do when I was older. But that was just some basic stuff. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're as close to your mom as anyone ever. Well, you're also as close to your maximum psychic intellectual potential ever, because after that, you start taking on a whole bunch of baggage and bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. You close the magic back out. Yeah. I mean, that's a popular trope in almost all sci-fi fantasy is that you know, the kids are in tune with it. I mean, Poltergeist, the kids are in tune with it. The, the adults, they choose not to see what's bizarre and unusual. It's not that they can't. They just choose to not acknowledge it. And people like to call things intuition, and but really, what is what is all that? People with really high intuition, they're picking up on things that other people aren't picking up on. And so where does that even end? I'd be shocked if people are not completely, fully, maybe voluntarily psychic in the future. Again, either via technology or anything else, you're going to be able to transmit your thoughts and emotions to somebody just by thinking and feeling them. We already have, uh, speaking of, and they got guys flying planes. Have you seen this with the neural helmets where they can navigate and fly a plane just by thinking of where they want it to go? They're already doing that. Firefox isn't fiction anymore. No, they really are. And in fact, um, with people who are powerful, they have where they can move the cursors on the computer screen and use the computer Mm -hmm. just by thinking it. So the implications of that are completely endless. If we can send our thoughts to a computer or a navigation system, then we can send them to other people. Absolutely. And Douglas Adams said that uh, telepathy was the worst of social diseases. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be a strategy. You would need a way to turn that on and off. Yeah. If you're just walking around with it, just everybody's input all day, just it'd be like turn. You'd have to go into like airplane mode, right? Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Insane. Think of all the all the crazy shit that you would be exposed to that you didn't want to be exposed to. Look at look at like the new face bullying would take on. Well, and all the little, you know, attention seeking little narcissist kids would just be walking <laughs> around with theirs on amplified all day, like wanting people to hear every crazy thought they have. Yeah, you flip it on and you could just it's it's wild. It's going there. These neural implants are going in, right? They're already doing that. 
it just blows my mind thinking of the potential that's out there. And, and we're just, you know, right now we're kind of like at the, the monolith moment of the monkeys and the, using the tool. Right. So, we are. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going to go at the same time. I really don't want to see where it's going to go. Do we really need to be doing this kind of shit? I don't think we'll fully see it. I feel like we're going to miss the real craziness by about a, a generation. I think we're going to probably see, right. I think we'll start to see it when we're old, but like, I feel like the real crazy stuff will be right after us. But you know, and if, if it holds true to the exponential growth of, of tech today, we may see a lot yeah. that we are not prepared for right now during this conversation, you know, so who knows what it all holds. Um, I gotta, I gotta get you both back on. I feel like we've got a lot more topics to discuss. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah, and, uh, I'm down anytime you want. I got to get you on Jux. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get you on. And Mickey, once uh, there's one episode that we've been toying with, we got to get Mickey on. But yeah, I got to get you on too. You'd have a blast on it. I'll Jux come, position. I'd I'll love come to on anytime. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> tell everybody again real quick, klrnradio.com. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, that's uh, live shows almost every night. Uh, it's generally conservative, libertarian political talk, but we've got a lot of just, you know, it's like tonight, um, guys doing a and d does a D&D show, but he's really breaking down the uh, the Lord of the Rings TV and the abomination that that is. And yeah, is we got something for everybody on there. And it's, uh, you just search under, it's Ordy, O-R-D-Y? Ordy, usually I'm on Twitter as Ordy Packard or Amish Secreto or some variation thereof. But yeah, Ordy, you can find me... Uh, on some social medias whenever I'm not suspended. Perfect. And, uh, and Mickey, same thing. Mickey Blowtorch on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. At Mickey Blowtorch. I mean, there, uh, you know, I, I kind of taken a step back from everything, but I really hope to get back into the whole media persona and, uh, internet personality that everybody's grown to love. Things have just been real crazy and super busy professionally. And I really have to keep those two entities separate from each other. But you can also find me uh, when I do come back co-hosting he said she said on kellerandradio.com on friday nights at 8 30 p.m eastern with my co-host aggie reek and that's a really fun show it's kind of like uh you know a little r-rated regis and kelly i don't know if you've ever been on with aggie i don't think you have i think you've only been on when i do the dude bro show yeah which is uh the the variant of it whenever aggie takes the night off so uh john you thank you so much for having me on the show man it's it, it's been a pleasure doing this i've been excited for it for a long time when we started talking about it about four or five weeks ago thank you yeah, mickey and i've been texting each other every day god i can't wait to do it <laughs> no the yeah. pleasure is all mine thank you guys i uh yeah. i knew we'd have some good stuff we got a good a good couple hours in here yeah so make sure uh check them both out twitter klr and radio and uh and i'm gonna have both these guys on again soon and i hope everybody is having a great week and I will be back uh, probably a few days to another week with another episode for y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you soon.